The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a better day to be a Yankee fan. It's a better day than it has been a lot of the times I've had to say this. Our best week, five and two. I'm happy. I'm I'm a happier. I'm not all the way happy, but I'm a happier person than I have been. We're getting there, man. One guy that's not happy, and he shouldn't be happy, is my boy Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez came up in 2016. He had 20 homers in 49 games, and he had 299. Phenomenal rookie season. Probably should have won rookie of the year. 2017, 278, 33 bombs, silver slugger. Did well in the playoffs. Hit the go-ahead game-winning hit against the Astros in game four of that 17 ALCS. He was the best catcher in baseball if you look at 16 to 17. Undisputed. He sucked in 18, but he rebounded nicely in 2019. Hit another 34 homers. Started the All-Star game. We thought he was all back. And then he became the second fastest player ever to get to 100 homers. Not the second fastest catcher. Not the second fastest player in the American League. The second fastest player ever to get to 100 homers. And if we have a player in 10 years that comes up and he's the fastest player to get to 100 homers, I'm going to ride for him too. But goddamn, if Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber, who have been the two best pitchers in the American League basically since 2014, if they don't want to throw to you, if the two hardest working, most professional, focused, best pitchers in the league don't want to throw to you, then it's you, man. It's not them. And I think this is the beginning of the end for Gary. You think this is the beginning? Where have you been for the past year and a half? I've been holding the fort. I've been holding faith. But when you have two guys, like with Cole, you know, you have those situations where, all right, Randy Johnson didn't like throwing a Posada. AJ Burnett didn't like throwing a Posada. You have these random one-offs. But when you have two guys and it's these two guys, Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber, that don't want to throw to you, it's on you. I mean, when you're the starting catcher, like Gary Sanchez is supposed to be the starting catcher. When you're the starting catcher, and you go into a bad slump like he's in, 
you get to keep playing because those guys are going out of their way for you. So even if it's not them saying like, ah, we want Higgy, because I don't know that you have that much control, at least like, you know, two guys to do that, to, to really alter the way the roster is put together. Um, but they'd at least stand up for you and it's not there. I mean, it's the numbers don't lie. There's no, there's nothing around that. You know, I mean, he's not sure why he's not starting, but he wasn't yeah. sure last year either. Yeah, there's not even a conversation anymore. Higgy's better defensively. He's been better offensively. The one downside with Higgy is that he has a noodle arm. He can't really throw anybody out, but that's it. He's better than Gary at everything else. Gary hits the ball really hard sometimes still, but it's always right at the third baseman. The shift is kind of, you know, he hasn't been able to adjust to the shift. He hasn't really hit the ball in the air. Uh, what else can you say? He's hitting 180, 170, whatever he is. It's done. Yeah, I mean, even if Higgy gets exposed at some point, right? Like maybe down the line something's figured out to, you know, to get Higgy out. If if the league can get its <laughs> minds together and figure out Higgy, um you still you ride the hot hand. Like it doesn't matter who the results come from. You have to have a mentality that it doesn't matter who the outs who the hits come from who the outs come from, who the performance come from. It's just on numbers alone. And you remove the names, it's Higgy in a landslide. You don't let a guy bat, you know, 150 because he's got a laser rocket arm. No, absolutely not. And just watch them play. Higgy's diving after balls. He's making time of his life. Catches. Yeah, having the time of his life. He He's locked in. Like, this may be his peak. This may just be the starter because now that he's getting the attention, getting some shine, there is a lot of, um, you know, more information that comes out about the player. So, like, apparently right after last season ended, he just got back to grinding. Like, he went right back to work because there was clearly – there's an opportunity. You know, you don't start games in the playoffs and then go, all right, I'm going to go sit on the couch. Some people – don't start playoff games and go, oh, I'm going to go sit on the couch, you know? <laughs> but I mean, listen, but that will actually, that wasn't even Gary because Gary got in shape. Sometimes did, you just yeah, not good. It's not a matter of being, it's not a matter of being in shape, but yeah, Higgy is what everybody thought Romine was. Like everybody wanted Romine to start over Gary. Everybody thought the pitchers loved throwing a Romine when Romine was never really that good. Pitchers clearly love throwing a Higgy. It's it's obvious. Corey Kluber looked mediocre as hell with Gary for, I don't know, whatever it was, four or five starts, and he's looked like Cy Young Kluber in the two Higgy starts. How can anybody deny it at this point? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what Higgy's, like, style is. Like, it might be passive. I mean, because there was talk about it on one of the, the Yankee games. It may not have even been this week. But, um, you know, when, like, pitchers used to call their own games. I feel like Cole is like inching closer to that. And Higgy caught him in high school. So it's like, you know, that, that's an opportunity to, you know, kind of shape a guy. Like I, you know, I said last year. And now maybe Kluber's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll have what he's having. Like that fits my style as well. 
Yeah, and it's not a coincidence. Look at the, these two are the biggest biggest grinders in the league, obviously, on the starting pitching side. And if I'm if I'm Boone, I'm like, all right, Kluber and Cole, you're going to throw to Higgy every time. Uh, Herman and Sanchez seem to work well together. Maybe they can throw together. Tyone, you mix it up, but uh, uh, Gary's the backup at this point. I don't even look at this as like a platoon. Like I'm do I'm going eight seventy five twenty five in favor of Higgy. I'll give Gary the the Herman starts and, and one other start a week, I guess. I mean, it just becomes Higgy catches Cole, Kluber, Tyone. Like, and then you see how they're doing. How long do you stay with the other option? You know, but I mean, it's not like these guys get to like pick from a menu. Like, we're not saying that. It's just the numbers support it. They do. You could almost make it like a reward system. All right. Our two best pitchers are, are they're throwing a Higgy. They've earned that. And, you know, if you want to be in that top three, you want to be the third guy, then you that's can not how you, that's think- not how you run a major league baseball team. I mean, I don't think the way we run our lineups now is how you run a major league baseball team. Either, <laughs> but either way, I still, I think we're, we far don't have off enough time mark. to do that. We're we don't have enough time to dissect the lineups. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're getting further off the mark with a hazing system. Earn it. But, but look, it's, it's obvious they went five and two this week. It was a good week. Started out pretty shitty though. I was, I don't know how you were feeling after that Baltimore series, but I was furious going two, two and two with them. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't, you just, you can't just look at the numbers. If we were 15 and 13, it's just so much different than 14 and 14. It's dramatically different. I mean, at 15 and 13, we are Clear path to the World Series. Clear path to the World Series. A winning record. Yes. Tiger sweep kinda, it kinda made up for it, but it was still really frustrating. Monday night, for everybody blaming the umpires, if you're Aaron Judge and you're getting thrown out at third base as the tying run (laughs) in the eighth inning, I think I made that decision once in Little League and never did it again because I was terrified. Like, how are you making that decision as a Major League Baseball player? It is the first thing you learn when you play Little League. Don't make the first or third out at third base, especially when you're the goddamn tying run in the eighth inning with Gio coming up. That was horrible. My, like, third game on varsity, I pinch hit in the seventh inning, and I was the tying run. So like I, you know, I got on, moved some guys around, um, and I was the, uh, I made the last out of the game <laughs> at third base. And you were 16. Oh yeah, yeah. And I had, yeah, and I had a coach like in my face. Like, what are you, you know, cause that's I, what I'm saying. That's cause I, and I can tell you, it's a different experience. I know my high school career at Aaron is right now, but that decision to go to third base, that was about me. I would watch what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this off. It was, I think that's what happened there. Trying to be it a superhero. We have way too many conversations where we're referencing high school baseball and little league baseball because these guys make little league type fundamental mistakes. We got that. We got way. <laughs> I never remember. Oh, I never remember all the base running errors. Like never in watching major league baseball have I seen a strong. We've got a solid like. Five blatant, like just base running mistakes that have just been like laughable outs. 
We've made the most outs on the bases. Clint Frazier was on second base and tried running the third on a ground ball right to the shortstop <laughs> yeah. with no outs. Yeah, yeah. I just don't understand. Yeah, no, that's a me play. That's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I got this. It's scary. The base running's been scary, and Tyler Wade not getting the bunt down on Thursday. Dude, you suck at hitting. You suck at everything. If there is one thing that you're supposed to do, it's get a goddamn sack bunt down. And he goes, oh, for fucking three? He tries again with two strikes and bunts at Fallon and kind of walks away like a tough guy. What are you doing? You know what? Not getting the sacrifice bunt down and then bunting out with two strikes is. That's about me. That's also an about me. Like, I'm going to get, like, he didn't really want to bunt. He didn't want to bunt. He took that first pitch. Perfect, perfect pitch to bunt. Middle out. That's an easy bunt. That's you easily advance the runner because you just bunted down the third base line. They're not running a proper wheel play at that level. They're not running those drills and practicing them. Very easy, but... He did, and then he was like, ah, shit, they still have me bunting. Like, he thought they were going to call it off. It felt like a flashy show me, like, look at me move. Dude, who the fuck are you? He is the 26th man, and and he thinks he's Judge or Stanton. Like, I I don't know what it is with this guy. The ball's on this prick. I'd rather just give his roster spot away. I think I'd rather have an empty roster spot and just play with 24 than have him as the 25th man. He's, He's completely useless. I don't hear any Tyler Wade stories. I never, like, I've heard stories of, like, every every Yankee out at some point. I've never heard a Tyler Wade story. And I just imagine, like, I feel like he's wasting his opportunity with the Yankees. Because I don't hear about him being, like, in Hoboken, like, wheeling back two girls at the same time or something like that. <laughs> and he's also can't even sacrifice bunch at the major league level. So, like, what are we even doing here? Are we here for the bagels? Tyler, is that why we're in New York? Because it's not to wheel chicks. It's not to play baseball. What are we even doing here? I think he goes after chicks pretty hard on apps. Like you could see him Tinder, Bumble, Instagram, DM. He probably doesn't go out that much. He's very he's handsome. Loser. He's very handsome. Yeah, great, but he's still a loser. You know, he probably goes on the apps and and, and does it that way. I know he's boys with Judge. Maybe that's why he's on the team. I, I don't know. I mean, I think he provides versatility off the bench, and you know, you even got to think about maybe starting him on Sunday. But you know, we like the spark that he gives off the bench. It's so easy. you couldn't even read that with a straight face. I didn't read that. I that memorized that. Yeah, I know. I memorized. <laughs> I read it one time, and it was so Boone that I was like, "Oh, I could play Boone Mad Libs in my head already, knowing, this, and I'll nail it." The, uh, the, Bo- the book of Boone, yeah, he, he does nothing. He gives you nothing. He hasn't been a great defender this year. And for his speed, he doesn't know how to run the bases. He gets doubled off. He never steals any bases. He, he's the definition of a useless baseball player. I would rather give his spot to Jason Dominguez, have him not play, and just hang out on the bench and get to know everybody. Like, I think that would be a better use of the roster spot. An extra pitcher, maybe a third catcher, anything but this guy. Jason Dominguez would probably wheel so many fucking chicks. Oh, yeah. He'd the, make Tyler Wade the look baddest, like a The baddest bitches. Like, I'm not talking Instagram model, real model, like what Manhattan has to offer. I'm talking 18-year-old Dominican millionaire. The baddest. The baddest chicks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 
we we are kind of handcuffed though. Like our roster just isn't put together with a ton of flexibility. Um, but maybe we're moving towards that. We're seeing more. You know, Geo's look decent at short. Like he's not a shortstop. You know, it's I'm not. I'm never gonna say he should be the starting shortstop. But if we're in a pinch, he can clearly get the job done. Yeah, he's a decent backup shortstop, and that's why I don't think you need Wade on the roster. And Boone, we make fun of Boone a lot, but he did have a good quote where they were like, you know, how do you feel comfort-wise with Gio at short? And he's like, look, I feel comfortable with Gio picking up a ground ball no matter where he is. And he's not going to be the rangiest shortstop, but yeah. hit a ground ball to Gio or Shelly, he's going to field it and make a good throw, and that's it. Yeah, he's not. Is he going to win a gold glove at shortstop? Probably not, because there'll be balls that he won't get to that maybe an actual shortstop would. But how many of those come along? You know, how many jump throws did Jeter have? Four. They all yeah. they all look pretty. <laughs> they did. Fuck <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Geo's not going to lose you a game at shortstop. Like the game against the Orioles, the Glaber single handedly lost them by spiking the ball into the dirt. You know that they lost. Geo is going to make all the simple plays, and that's all you really need from a backup. Yeah. No. Exactly. And if and you know he could he can bat a little bit. Which is nice compared to Tyler Wade, where it's nothing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Of all of the fielders that we have, who do you feel most relaxed or most comfortable when a ball is hit to them? DJ. Yeah, I me mean, too. You know, everything. Everything I just feel a little more comfortable with DJ. Because you know what? I know for a fact that even if it doesn't go his way, he's a goldfish. So he's not going to remember it in, you know, five seconds. <laughs> and he's ready for the next ball that comes to him. Like there's no DJ yips. I worry, you know, I feel like all these guys are worried about them getting in their own head, not DJ, because he's not even in his head. <laughs> it's just a Tom Amansky VHS running on repeat in there. Dude, that's part of being a good baseball player. Sometimes the best baseball players don't think. Manny Ramirez didn't think at all, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he was pretty fucking good. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. It's the exact same thing at the exact opposite end of the spectrum. The two of yes, them. Yes. DJ and Manny Ramirez. But like, yeah, it makes sense. 
And but going back to what you said last week, where you said for we what was it we have so, for having so much, we also have so little. Yeah, whatever that quote was, it's so true because we don't have a backup shortstop, we don't have a lefty bat, and we spend all this money and we have all this Flash and Judge and Stanton and Cole, but the depth is just the depth is just not there at key spots. Yeah, it's you know we're we're in some contracts that maybe we wish we weren't. We've made, but you know we're fighting our way back. We're a five hundred team. We're a 500 team, and if we were a 500 team right now and we got here any other way, I'd be unhappy with being a 500 team. The way we've gotten here, I'm happier than any other way. Any other way it could have gone. We could have gone every other. You know, It could have been an evenly split. But no, we have played some terrible baseball, and now we have strung together some really great baseball. And now if we can just do that again, like, you know what? Fuck the Astros. And not because of 2019, not because of 2017, not because of any of that, because they're next on the list. That's all that matters. You know, just that's all we have to focus on is who's next in front of us and how do we win those series? Because now we're back to even. So just boom, two out of three, two out of three. Two out of three. Two out of three. If we do that, like next, we're up, you know, we're four games over 500 at the end, uh, you know, middle of May. Yeah, this is a big week for us. Last week was almost a breaking point. Like they lost on Monday night and I was like, look, if we have a, if we have a three and four week against Baltimore and Detroit, like we're not fucking going anywhere. You had to go four and three minimum, ideally five and two, six and one. But yeah, now we got Houston and we're going to get their best. We're going to get Granky, McCullers and Garcia, who I believe are their three, their three best pitchers. We're going to come back with Herman, Montgomery and Cole. So, you know, they'll, they'll get a shot of our best in Cole. And look, it's a big series because we need to be up over 500 at the end of it. Not because of 2017, like you said, but you know, the stadium's going to be rocking pretty hard. You would think on Tuesday night. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see. I'm curious to see how like the broadcasts are, like how much uh, they. You know, like, K is going to be bringing it up. Michael K is so repetitive, dude. He talks about the same three things. He talks about the Yes app, yeah, Garrett Cole and how cognizant and how mental he is, and then he talks about Gary on the one knee versus not being on one knee. That is all this man talks about. I don't know what has happened to him this year, but he's just gotten so repetitive. And 1996, when in doubt. <laughs> Show me Wade Boggs on a horse. <laughs> like if you lose like four or five, I'm going to see Boggs on a horse. And it's going to lift my spirits. He does love doing that. Luckily, Cone can make up for the slack. David Cone has been awesome this year, but he's been really funny. <laughs> yeah. Luckily for Michael Kett. Did you see Cone saying that this is all a simulation? Like life isn't even real? <laughs> like I'm in. Hey, Dave, I'm in. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you on that. Me, him, Elon Musk. It's all a simulation. And Bill Gates, too, getting divorced. Oh, Bill Gates. Yeah, I saw. I saw that right before this. It's so funny because earlier today I watched um, John Oliver and his whole episode was about like vaccine myths and debunking them. And you know, one of them's Bill Gates put a thing and he showed a clip of Melinda Gates being like, he's not putting a chip in the vaccine because that technology doesn't exist 
and I've never heard him say it. And he was making fun of her like, why do you – you can say it any other way. Any other way and it doesn't sound menacing. And now they're getting divorced. So who knows? Maybe that sent him over the edge. Tough week to be a billionaire. I, I feel I feel for him. Yes, I do. And and Grandpa Grandpa Joe's trying to take their money and stuff out there for the billionaires. <laughs> no, it is tough. Anything else from the Detroit series that that kind of caught your eye? Judge hit the two homers on Friday. He had a good series. Stanton had a good series. But you had to you had to dominate them. You know, Cole dominated, Kluber dominated, everybody pretty much dominated. But that's kind of what they had to do. I mean, they're Detroit is is awful. They're really, they're really awful. And on Friday night, when I like first, you know, cause it was one of the things that I missed about last year was just like, you know, we didn't see all these other teams. I didn't really know what's going on in the league. Cause some of like, as you get older and you're, you can't just watch Sports Center like four times a day. Like I used to know everything that was going on on every team cause I was just, you know, in college and after college it was nonstop. So then you really learn about it from like, you know, oh, they're going to show you something about this guy so that Kay doesn't have to show us fucking bogs on the horse again. <laughs> and that's how I learned about the league, you know, over the course of the season. But when we went out there on Friday and just started kicking the shit out of them, I was just like, this is beautiful. I was like, we shouldn't, no game should be a worry for us. We should be, we should get ahead. They'll score a run here and there. And then like, it's over. And that's just like what happened the entire series. Sunday, I was comfortable. I fell asleep on the couch. It was a perfect Sunday game. Kluber's moving along. It's a very short game and I'm asleep. It doesn't get better than that. No, that, that was the perfect Sunday game. Even though we blew them out Friday night, I, I don't know how about you, but there was a feeling when Judge hit two homers and Hicks hit a homer and I was like, Man, if one of you would have just gotten one fucking hit on Monday or Thursday against Baltimore, we would have won three out of four. And of course, like, of course, classic Hicks hitting a solo shot up eight nothing against the Tigers. Like, I'm, I'm happy when he does it, but at the same time, I'm like, classic. Oh, I mean, it's like so many A-Rod home runs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like A-Rod was the king of the seven to one home run, you know, especially at the end there. But, you know, it, it, that's just looking at it and going like, you know what, if we were better. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think Hicks frustrates me the most because when you look at the Thursday game, you know, he comes up in the 10th inning, ghost runner on second, you know, single gets him in, maybe you move him over, maybe you do something, first pitch, he nubs it back to the pitcher, and then the bottom half of the inning, there is a very shallow fly ball. Hicks is supposed to have this monster arm, this cannon, and he made a throw that I would make. Well, they unveiled, like, the next day some new thing on the broadcast like the who know, Montefiore arm rating or whatever you know not Montefiore but it was an, you know another thing like that and Kay was like first time we're doing this and it had like Gardner as um like a C rated arm Hicks as a B plus and then um Clint as an A and it's like so Clint Frazier has the best arm in the outfield and like maybe he does. Is he afraid it's to sad, let it go? Man. I don't know. The the Hicks defenders that there are two things they would always point to. He is he gets on base and he has a rocket arm. 
and he hasn't been doing either. I, like, I know he had Tommy John, but Didi had Tommy John, and he came back, and he was making throws. Like, can we still blame this on Tommy John? He had it at the end of the 19th season. It's been almost, you know, a year and a half, two years. So well, that's know. what I was saying. Like, is he afraid to just, like, you know, let loose and really let the arm fly? But that wasn't that wasn't even a major league throw. I like I, I'm surprised <laughs> I mean, he yeah, can't even make a, a league a, he can't even make a league average throw. He had one of the top ten arms in the league, you know, pre surgery. Pretty unanimously, people would agree with that. And this throw was ten feet up the line. Like I almost didn't believe it. Like I saw how shallow it was. I was like, oh, Hicks is gonna nail him. Like it was barely it was barely into the outfield. Fuck! If you would have let Gardy catch it, maybe Gardy would have got him. That's how shallow it was. Maybe Mike Talkman, who we traded away for a reliever. Maybe he had it, and that would have been sick. It would have ended the inning. Maybe they end up winning that game. That that was just pathetic. And if he's not going to get on base and he's not going to make good throws, it's like the thing with office space. You know, what do you do here? What, what exactly would you say you do here? Because he brings absolutely nothing to the table. I tweeted. I was like, did Hicks get his uh, new UCL from Bernie Williams? Because I was like a Bernie Williams throw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bernie Williams would have gone. Or Johnny Damon. Yeah. Bernie Williams would have gone three for five, but. That was, yeah, it was just, I haven't seen him uncork one though since he had Tommy John. Like he didn't at all last year. I feel like I haven't, it's one of those things that even if he was doing it in like practice or, you know, some kind of drill in spring training, it would have been highlighted to us somewhere, but it never happened. There was never the like, he still got it in the arm. And it's one of those things where like, it does add to your value if, you know, if he threw a guy out there, it's a different, you know, situation. One thing about arms and from the outfield, Clint has a great arm. I hate the way he transfers the ball from his glove to his hand. Like he catches it and then like brings it down and does a full like transfer rather than like catching it like ready to go. Like I feel like he could shave like a quarter of a second off his time. Everything Clint does in the outfield gives me anxiety. The way he dives for balls, the way he camps under balls, the way he, he throws the ball, <laughs> everything he does. And oh my God, it was Saturday. First batter of the game hits a lazy fly ball and he just drops it. He just, oh, lays it like a little leaguer. Like this is the stuff we can't see. We're, we're doing way too many instances talking about fundamental baseball. And if you're hitting 140, and you can't make the routine play. It's the same thing. Hicks, I'll just put Hicks and Clint together. They're not major league players right now. They're just not. They're not playing like it. But, like, they've got to – the one thing I would say is the way the rest of the team is playing is, like, you know, not everyone's going to be great at the same time. And so the hope is that they figure it out because not everyone's going to keep running as hot as they're running right now. You can't be slumping on both sides of the ball, though. Like, you can't be yeah. playing shitty defense and not hitting. You know, usually it's one or the other, but, like, they're they're both slumping on both sides of the ball. Oh, yeah, no, no, definitely. Like, it's inexcusable. It's just we don't really have an option right now. We don't. Do you? And I, this is going to sound a little dramatic. I think we need to trade for a center fielder. Like, I don't think Aaron Hicks is capable at 31 of playing center field anymore. He was never a speedster. He doesn't have a good arm and he's anymore, and he's hitting 150. And we'll get into this Talkman trade in a second. I hated that trade because I like Talkman as center field insurance for Hicks. I don't think you can win the World Series with a zero in center field. It's too important of a position. I mean, they've got Brett Gardner, and they signed him to a two-year contract. <laughs> 
that pays him more money next year than it does this year. Because <laughs> he's going to play even better. Oh, God. He's been no, off. It's, no, I mean, the one thing that I didn't like about the trade is, like, when the trade happened, I forget who I saw. I, I saw, like, um, I think it was the SNY, one of the, the nerds from there, on, like, a Twitter video who was just like, here's what, you know, here's what you need to know about Wande Peralta. Is that his name? Yeah, Wande Peralta, yeah. Close enough. Um, and one of the things he said is, he's a major league pitcher. And then the first, you know, the first game he's there in uniform, Kay's like, and the good thing is he's got, uh, he's got an option year left. And I'm like, God damn, no, no. <laughs> He's supposed to be a – like I just want my roster to just – all you guys keep playing just <laughs> and play good. Nope, another guy on the shuttle. No more shuttles. No more alternate sites, satellite sites, bus back and forth. But look, I, I, you can never have enough bullpen arms, but I just think with the Hicks situation in center, you know, Talkman was a really nice asset to have and, and you know, in case – I want. I was ready to make Talkman the starting center fielder before the trade. Like I would prefer to see him in there over Hicks. He hits lefty. He plays hard. He hustles. He's got a better arm than Hicks now. And you trade him away. And I mean, you can never have enough bullpen arms. But like, damn, I I kind of like the Hicks insurance. Yeah, but I mean, we had to make a move. Someone had to go from the outfield, right? You're not getting anything for Brett Gardner. Plus, like. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough look to trade Brett Gardner early in the season. You know, I'm sure he has a no trade in that two year. Yeah, or I think you know he's well. been on. I think he's been on this in the. Oh, major he's got leagues. five and ten. Runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I couldn't remember if that was the NBA or uh, or here. The NBA, the contracts don't matter anyway. They just say I want to, I want to play there now, and they go. Yeah, I'm going to the Lakers. Yeah. Um. So. You're not going to move him. No one wants to take Hicks for four years with forty million left plus this year. You know, even and then like five years after this year. Oh, it's still five. I thought it was four. Dude, why did it just makes no sense? Like you did not have to. Cashman acted up like there were other teams lining up to pay this. Ah, for ten. I thought it was a good contract at the time. Really, I did because I was like, ah, for ten million dollars, he'll have probably a couple years where he's worth. You know, fifteen million. I thought right now he'd be playing at like a fifteen million dollar level. Like you know, oh, if he was a free agent, he'd probably get this much. I thought it'd be more, and I thought the tail end would be less. I didn't think the front end would be less. I didn't think the Yankees paid Jacoby Ellsbury through his age thirty seven season, and it was probably maybe the biggest disaster of a contract we've ever had. So I didn't want to pay another center fielder through their thirty six year old season. It's a young man's position. I just didn't understand it from that perspective. And we, you know, I always knew we were going to have the conversation of, oh, you know, we got to move Hicks to one of the corners at some point because he's going to slow down. I just didn't think we'd be having it when he was thirty one. I I also thought that. The contract would allow some trade flexibility because I thought he'd be playing at a $17 million level, you know, for like two years and Dominguez would be coming along. That's what's going to happen. And I'll tell you right now, I'm willing to call this. This is going to turn into an Ellsbury situation. Aaron Hicks loves to play golf. He is going to end up playing golf in Arizona. Oh, well, that would be ideal. That would be ideal if he played golf. Now you get out of the contract. He could boot himself. 
Honestly, he should take take one for the team. But yeah, d- look, Dominguez. We're gonna start. We're gonna talk about him in a second. I think starting next year, he's gonna be knocking on the door. Dominguez has a good year this year in the starting minors. I think next year, Jason Dominguez is knocking on the door. Jason Dominguez yeah. has not played a baseball game at the professional level, and he's not even gonna start playing professional baseball games at the beginning of this season. Yeah, he is. He's staying in extended this spring year? training. Okay, for a couple weeks, he's gonna play in. He's gonna play in the minors this year at some point. And you think he's gonna go straight from that to challenging Aaron Hicks next year? I think next year at some point he could challenge Aaron Hicks. Next year he'll be nineteen. Glaber came up at twenty. Juan Soto came up at nineteen. He's a superstar prospect. I, I think coming up at nineteen or twenty is very reasonable. And let me maybe if not next year, twenty twenty two. Or 2023 for sure, I think he will be the starter. I think opening day 2023, Jason Dominguez will be in center field. Why? Why isn't he playing baseball games? Don't you think it's weird? There was a pandemic last year. What do you want? The whole minor leagues were canceled. What do you want? What do you want from the guy? What about right now? What are they working on with him that he's saying extended spring training? Something feels fishy. Nothing fishy about his, uh, his, his videos. The guy had, Okay, so you've watched a guy hit batting practice, home runs, for three years, and you're going to make him the next Mickey Mantle. He's like the highest rated prospect we've ever had. How could you not be excited about him? He doesn't – got to play baseball games, and he doesn't choose to participate. He doesn't choose? You think it's his decision? <laughs> I don't know. It's just someone – it's weird. It's just weird that he's not playing. It's like Gary. Gary went through the same thing. Except Gary was at least playing in the minor leagues at some point. I just think Jason Dominguez is overhyped for not playing any games. Play some games. I'm tired of here. I heard they say one day he's going to be in single A in like the Hudson Valley or whatever. He's going to be a renegade. And then – or a Somerset Patriot. I don't know. And then – no, the Renegades, you're right. Yeah. The next thing he's going to – no, he's not. He's staying in Tampa. Let's I didn't understand that either because the Renegades tweet – like I, one of the beat writers said, oh, Dominguez is going to the Renegades. And the Renegades quote tweeted it and like tweeted a link to their tickets or their schedule like, come on, come see him. Yeah. And then they, and they backed out on it. So, yeah, it looks like a little bit of dysfunction there. But I do think he will play baseball games this year. And look, fine. If you want to give him more time or you don't believe in him or whatever, then trade for a center fielder. At the deadline, trade for a left a center fielder with a lefty bat. I mean, are those how available are those? I don't know. I haven't looked in. I, I don't know. But the, Hicks is not the answer, and he's quickly becoming my least favorite player on the team. Jose Canseco tweeted: Melinda Gates and Alex Rodriguez will be publicly dating it by the end of the summer. That's not a bad prediction. <laughs> A-Rod likes the older women. He always has. Madonna, J-Lo. He likes them a little older. He was dating that uh, that other billionaire divorcee. Oh, was the Google. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Google. Yeah, Google. Yeah. Okay. So Google and, Adele. So me and my wife are in Legends, right? So we're inside like at the bar. And we, you know, sometimes like we, we'll, uh, we'll nudge each other. It can go either way. Like, hey, look at that ass. Either one of us. Like, she'll point it out to me. I'll point it out to her. Point it out to her. Do not realize it's it was that woman. 
who's like an older, like 40-something-year-old woman, very well put together. The Google girl. Yeah. And she was there with um, Rupert Murdoch's ex-wife. They were like one section over from us. I didn't realize that. Little, girl, right. little girls night, little billionaire girls night. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, I forget what, it was maybe like 2015. I was like, I wish they would just fucking buy the team, the two of them. <laughs> Take it away from these idiots. Yeah, I mean, I'm just ready to see Dominguez do anything. Like, I, I want to see him against someone who's trying to get him out. I don't think that's too much oh. to ask. I think by the end of the summer, you will see that. I hope so. And it's a real bummer that Trent left because if they hadn't left, I would be going next year, whenever he got there, I'd be going, be going once a week to, to see him play. It's, it's a damn shame that they left. I feel like you would not go once a week. That's a gross exaggeration. I think you would maybe go to one game early in the season and one game in like the fall. Maybe a playoff game. Yeah, it's probably a little more, a little more. Yeah, I, I forgot it's the same season as the Yankees. So. Yeah, I was like, what are you? Where are you cutting this time? Like, you're getting married, and you're like, all right, babe, now I'm getting really into double A. <laughs> now I'm gonna follow this 19 year old Dominican man boy all over the greater Northeast. I'm hanging out with my buddy Jason. <laughs> with two A's. I think it's two S's. Oh, it's oh, it's yeah, two, it's S's. two S's. Oh, That's why right. we have an intern this I, for the important, important stuff like this. I spelled it wrong today. Then, huh, yeah, no, ho- hopefully we see, hopefully we see him soon. And we don't really have many other great prospects other than him. So I, I really fucking hope he hits. Because the farm I mean, we system a, behind him, we have a billion, we have a billion great prospects. We have like seven guys who could be starters, but we keep them in AAA. We got Clark Schmidt hasn't thrown a pitch this year. Yep. Superstar. <laughs> no need. No need. Uh, we've got Debbie Nick- Garcia. He's five foot three. Yep. And he pitched on TBS. And guess what? Pedro Martinez also on TBS. So pretty much the same. <laughs> I wonder if Jay Happ ever came in in relief of Pedro. Nope. <laughs> nope. Dan, you don't have to check that one. I just fact, I just stat check that myself. Self-checked. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, it's it's one of those things where I just like to see him play. Um, did you see about CeCe's wife? Yeah, so I saw a brief tweet, but I know, no, I know nothing about she's it. She's apparently, like, she's a Major League Baseball agent and signed with CAA to, to be an agent. And she – I went to her LinkedIn, um, and so she went to, like – some college, because I obviously don't have it still pulled up. I did at least put it away. Here it is. Um, so she went to college for like three years back when like she should have been in college. And then it yeah. seems like she got caught up in, you know, in the CC life. And it's so weird that she has a LinkedIn. I just like whenever a famous person's on like LinkedIn, I'm like, who are your 131 connections? So yeah, she went to San Diego State from 99 to 2003. Maybe a couple credits short. In 2007, she graduated from San Francisco State University. And then she got a professional studies certification, philanthropy, and fundraising in 2017 from NYU. Besides that, she's been running CC's uh, charity since 2008. It's going to be interesting to see if she makes any kind of impact in the agent world. It is. And CC, I believe, was represented under the Rock Nation 
umbrella. And I'm sure he's still, I mean, Jay-Z, they're still boys. They are. Do you think this was a situation where he offered, he was like, oh, babe, I can get you a job at Rock Nation. And she was like, nah, I'm going to go make my own path. And I read and she interviewed at four, she interviewed at four places. Okay. And I don't know if she only got the one offer or what it is, but that's where she decided to go. Now, her name definitely – so I'm all for, like, use whatever advantage you can to, like, get in. So if her last name got her in there, like, good for her. She'll probably do the work. But I'd be curious to see how she's used as an agent, like, what her approach is. I've met a few agents. I've met agents that are, like, they went the law school route. And I met agents that are like the I know people route. And not like I know people like I got handed this, but just like I've been around the game. Either they played like in the minors or whatever it is like that. And so how they're used in like different ways, you know, especially based on age and stuff. You know, like Clint Frazier works with younger agents. That kind of, you know, that makes sense. Um, so I wonder if she'll feel like, uh, you know, she's using clients who like need like a mom, you know, not that like that, you know, she's an agent, but like more of a nurturing thing than like an Ari Gold. Yes. Yeah. No, you look for a different, I'm sure if you're a player, you look at a different style. Not everybody wants a Scott Boris or, you know, like you said, Ari Gold, the entourage reference. Not everybody, not everybody wants that. And it does make sense in terms of when you look at the Sabathia family dynamic, CC was pitching for 20 years and she was at home, you know, kind of handling this. Now Cece can hang out at home and she can go kind of do her thing. So he tweeted about it. From that perspective as well. He tweeted, I'm going on yeah, full-time dad sure. mode. I'll be on the golf course. <laughs> so. I wonder if she, I wonder who she's going to get. I mean, you would think Cece's going to, uh, can obviously help on the client side. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you've got to go out and get, it's like a combination of like some you have to go out and get, some they give to you. You know, because you end up with guys like, you know, you look at like a, a Clint type guy, you know, someone like that is still kind of young. You get recruited in like high school, right? And then you're working with other like, but you get by like the top agent. Like Boris has agents under him. He doesn't work with all the Boris people directly. Like they work with an Anthony or whatever. And then when it comes to negotiation time, <laughs> Scott Boris comes in. So I'm, you know, it'll be interesting because like Rachel Luba has obviously been successful. So, um, she just has Bauer and Puig, right? Or does she have anybody else? Bauer, Puig, Cargo. Um, okay. I, I think that might be all she has. And her whole thing is like she bills like a lawyer. She just bills an hourly rate. It's not, um, it's not like a percentage of your contract. So she got Bauer this huge contract. She doesn't get a percentage of it. She just like she's like an attorney. Interesting. So all the negotiation time, like so, if she's sending text messages back and forth to the GM, is that billable? Yeah. Wow, that seems like it might be more. I mean, these negotiations can drag. I feel like you could almost milk more out of a player that way. Well, and but it's also like the. Like these agencies come with like services, you know, like there's some of them have like, there's a room of like six girls that like you call in and they're like, you know, executive assistants and like, Hey, I'm going to be, you know, it's the off season or whatever it is. You, Hey, I'm going to be in New York. I'd like to go to a Knicks game. They take care of that. 
They make sure that you're there, you know, or whatever it is. I need a reservation. Hey, I'm thinking about going on a trip. So those are all services that are offered. I don't know if um, that's something that you have someone do if they're billing you by the hour. So then you you know, like you remove that overhead. Like you're doing less like little stupid shit. Uh, okay. You're getting really that down to like sense. the essence of the relationship. It also makes sense when you say, you know, that system and then Bauer, cause he, he seems like a guy that would want to plan out all of his own shit and wouldn't want to go through any kind of agency or, or assistance when he's, you know, kind of living his life and going out there for entertainment. So I feel like all the, like any agent plays like a, a dual role. So it's agent and then there's like, oh, I'm your friend. I'm sure for some people it's like a father figure, you know, oh, I'm an uncle. I talked about like Amber can maybe like be like a mom, a sister, a cool aunt, like whatever it is. Um, I feel like from what I've seen is only from vlogs is it's not necessarily like girlfriend or wife because I'm not saying that she has any kind of like sexual or any like physical relationship or anything like that or even emotional, but – from what I've seen her there for Bauer, like she's there to check him in the way like Jamie probably checks you. My wife checks me, you know, just like, hey, here's someone I can turn to to like, you know, you know, go to for like decision making or like, am I going too far? That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, how that goes for her. So you, um, so wait, a couple things. Dan, intern Dan, Juicy99 on Twitter, also been tweeting a lot from George's Box. You randomly tweeted on Sunday that you used to be neighbors, like next door neighbors with Corey Kluber. Yeah, so, well, he was pitching, so uh, let me set the scene. Okay. I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, it's 2017, so Corey Kluber just won his second Cy Young. And my best friend, uh, he, he's like, hey, I'm moving. I'm like, whatever, you know, whatever, he's moving. That's what happens. And so I'm like, hoping to move. And he's like, you know who's moving into my house? And I go, who? And he goes, Corey Kluber. And I'm like, what? And I'm a senior in high school at this time, so I'm like still playing baseball. Oh, your best friend lived next door to you? Yeah. Okay. And he's like, yeah, Corey Kluber's moving in. And I'm like, what? Um, so I'm 2017. I'm a senior in high school playing baseball. Um, eventually he moves in. I don't really see him that much because, you know, he's playing baseball. Um, but one time I go work out in our gym up at the front and he's, uh, he's in there just seated, uh, seated shoulder pressing the hundred pound <laughs> dumbbells like it was nothing. Um, and then I actually, cause I never talked to him cause I was too scared, but, uh, 18 years old, I went trick or treating for the first time in like four years just to so <laughs> knock on his door and say hi. <laughs> yes. Did he answer? Oh, yeah. He gave out the king sizes. Oh, nice, nice, good. Wait. So, you do your parents still live there? Yeah. Is Corey Kluber still their neighbor? No, he's gone. He he, he won the Cy Young, um, and then he was building a – I live in, like, a nice neighborhood, but it's not crazy. Um, okay, it's not a two-time Cy Young winner's forever home. No, it was <laughs> – I'm living here while I'm building my mansion on the beach. So oh. did he like rent that house? No, he he bought it from he, my friend. I'm so he sure. bought it, lived there for like a year, and then just sold yeah, it? Yeah, like a year and a half too. Okay. From the south? Like I'm 
I'm trying to Cleveland and Jacksonville. There's what's the connection there? I didn't know either. I was so confused. And so for like a year, he lived next door to you, and you yep. never talked to him. No, I was so he wasn't there a lot of the time. He had like a, his wife and like a younger daughter. Um, but he was like never there. But I was like I was still playing baseball, so I was like, and I was a pitcher, so I was like, oh, oh, maybe, he'll me, maybe he'll give me some lessons. Yeah. <laughs> But how is he going to do that if you never talk to him? These things go, I feel like, especially in Florida, they go viral or viralish all the time of like some player temporarily moving into like some like complex where there's only like four types of houses and he ends up like getting like, you know, hitting instruction or, you know, or pitching or. I mean, you, you should have up. just stood on the front lawn throwing the baseball up to yourself and catching <laughs> it for 12 hours a day and wait till he saw you and then be like, oh, hey, you want to have a catch? And you probably could have taken it from there. I oh, know. Big regret. Probably wouldn't be here today. Probably. I would never <laughs> – I would never – if I were you, I wouldn't tell people I live next to Corey uh, Kluber. You should – because – it leads to just like, why didn't you talk to him? Like every time you tell this story, it has to be like, how did you not talk to him? He honestly wasn't there that much. Like I'd see him riding his bike every once in a while, and then I would see him in the gym every once in a while. Well, the gym would have been a good opportunity. Yeah, the gym's the easiest one. Yeah. Yeah. At least you went over for Halloween. That That's yeah. something. At least you said hi or said trick-or-treat. An 18-year-old on Halloween, <laughs> trick-or-treating. Yeah, that's the cool part. Yeah, that is cool. That's the fucking sweetest. What, You're did, right. what did you dress up as? It was like know. a screen mask. It was probably a... something shitty. Yeah. Corey Kluber probably fucking hates you. He probably loves Halloween. And it's just like, <laughs> this kid sucks. He's got, he's big, bigger than he looks. He's Watch got him. kind of like a, a giant face. He's got yeah. like, when he's got the hat on too, he's got like him and Aaron Judge have the same size like face, you know, a little giganticism. He also looks like a serial killer when he's walking off the mound after another perfect inning. He's just no expression. He's like I, looks annoyed. It's I'm kind re- of scary. I'm rewatching Dexter, and I thought that. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. And so, Nick, on Sunday, while Corey Kluber yep. is pitching this great game, um, you had softball. That's correct. And – you tweeted hours after the game was over how you had just finished watching because you DVR'd the game. You, are you a psycho? I mean, you knew the result, right? No. I put my phone on airplane mode. I go dark. <laughs> I was unreachable all afternoon yesterday. No one can get to me. So I text my mom and I say, just so you know, my phone's going to be off. You know, if there's an emergency or something, she could call Jamie or text Jamie. And then everybody else, they don't get me, they don't get me. So, uh, yeah, softball game was at 2. Starting at 105, I go into airplane mode. I you know, leave around 1.30 for the game. I play, come back at 3.30, and I fire up the game. It's just like it was a 3.30 start. But when do you turn your phone back on? Uh, 6.30, whenever I tweeted. Oh, so you go from 105 to 6.30. No phone. Right. I'm dark. And I don't wear to like, watch. I don't wear Yankee hat to the softball game. If I even hear like, yeah, like anything, if I hear the word Yankee, I'm closing my ears. 
you know, sometimes when you walk around in Philly, they have like an electronic scoreboard on the uh, bus stop, like the little bus stop. So I got to avoid those. I, I plan it all out. This is insane. It's a May 2nd Sunday game. Why would I want to spoil it? Of all the, I'm surprised of all the things I do that you think this is like, this warrants a, a reaction like that. I, I feel like this isn't that big of a deal. What, what, what am I going to miss five hours of being on my phone? I'm, I'm going to survive. You're an old soul. You are. I am. It's so funny because I was, I leave, you know, I, I had the game on and I was like, I had to run out to the store like one day last week. And my wife was like, do you want to pause it? And I actually said, like, no, I'm not a psychopath. And then I started talking about how, like, people used to do that in the 90s and even, like, the early 2000s. I, I feel like on sitcoms it was also, like, a thing. Like, it's probably an episode of Seinfeld about it, probably an episode of Friends, where, like, someone's trying to not to watch a big game because they're recording it at home. And that's you in 2021 with all the technology in the world. <laughs> I'm just, for a May 2nd game against Detroit. Yeah. Fucking Yankees Detroit with Corey Kluber on the mound. Look, I want to I want to make the most of my Sunday. Play played in my own game and what else am I going to do from 4 to 7? I just it's a four, to me it's a 4 o'clock start. I, I can't tell the difference once I'm watching and then, you know, I check back into the you know, on my phone and into the rest of the world after the game. I love that you you let your mom know. You're like, "Mom, here's what's going on in advance." Like you've got to do that. It's so smart to do. Do you do that because you didn't one time and like things got hairy? No, I just know that I have to let my mom know like shit like that. Um, for sure. Nobody else will get that. Nobody else will get that text. Um, yeah. I used to get that cause like, I don't know, my mom tried to get me and it turned out like I was on a plane or she'd call me and I'd be like, yeah, like I'm in California and she's like, you need to tell me these things before you start flying. <laughs> just like, why? What are you going to do? Before you're flying or you're recording a Yankee game. Now, I think we're missing the, the beginning part of the story, which is how I ended up on this softball team. Um, so I didn't sign up for this league. I didn't register or do anything. Uh, two Sundays ago, Jamie and I went to this park, Roberto Clemente Park. It's 17th and, uh, I don't know, 17th and Greenish near St. Stephen's Green. I know where it is. Yeah. Um, when we were shooting, when we were just, uh, like I was shooting hoops on one of the nets, and she was like listening to a podcast. We just wanted something to do. You guys and are like a team. high school couple. The shit that you do, like she she's playing with her tamagotchi <laughs> while you're shooting hoops. You guys, you, you know, you borrow the car to go to McDonald's together to get McFlurries. <laughs> it's adorable. I guess so. Hoop dreams Dude, over I got here. A lot of energy. I need to get out. I need to get out and go to parks and stuff. I can't be. You're a puppy in this apartment. Jamie has a yeah. puppy. <laughs> So, so anyway, we're there at the park and this team, it was their first game and they only had uh, eight players. And they basically came up to us and was like, do you guys want to play? And I was like, sure, I'll play. And I played and uh, and played pretty well. And they said, do you want to just be on the team? And I said, sure, I got a green shirt at home. I'll just start coming every Sunday. Yeah, you do. This park's five minutes from my house. And now I'm on this team, you know, technically, illegally under the table. Uh, on, on this roster now. So the league doesn't know. Are you, you paying know, a registration fee? I paid, basically paid the kid on the captain under the table. You know, what, basically what everybody else paid and then yeah. I guess he distributed it or he pocketed it. I have no idea. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. What, I paid. what position are you playing? I play left center. Are that, ooh, power position. 
Are they uh, are, are the other people on your team any good? Uh, we're one and one. I think it's too early to make any you know small sample size so far. But there's uh, we, some promise, and then there's some of the usual co-ed softball shenanigans. Exactly, exactly. It is your run of the mill co-ed co-ed softball. And team you're only sure. going three for six. I, I think go, batting 500 is pretty good. I, I feel like you're being a little harsh here. I didn't realize, I, like I said earlier, I didn't realize I was co-hosting with Barry Bonds. You you go five for five every softball game. Yeah, I mean, almost half the fielders are girls that don't really want to be there. (laughs) Like, you just find the person who does not want to be there, and you just fucking murder them with line drives. No, my problem is I can't go the other way. Like, usually the shitty players are in right field, and, like, I just pull everything. I'm a lefty. Oh, oh my God! This is like you have a, that's a handicap. Are you kidding me? You're a lefty. We're not even in the same stratosphere. I'm saying I'd go six for six. I'm not saying I'd go five for six. I'm saying I'd go six for six. And if you were and but if you were a righty, I bet you're not touching that. That is that is a huge huge advantage. No, because I haven't played in the worst players always in right field. I've played in very competitive men's leagues and bat like seven fifty. They All throw right, the ball. Guy, they throw the ball to you underhanded. It's, it's dude. It takes forever to come down. And I, I, I like. I'd rather get, give me a fifty mile an hour baseball over the plate. I'd rather that than a than. The well, then we're all Jason Dominguez, huh? <laughs> give me the Jason <laughs> Dominguez yes. for Twitter. Yeah, I mean that was always my strategy. I just any team whenever I was new on a team, they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" I go, "I I could play some outfield. I'm kind of fat, um, so I play first base. I can pitch, whatever you need." Um, and then yeah, like you probably if you have someone who gets on base first, just have me bat second, and they're on third base or scoring every single time. So you just pull everything because the I'm worst just, players are always in right. I'm always. ripping it directly at someone. Like I'm trying to change someone's view on the world. Like the girl who's playing second base and doesn't want to be there, I'm oh, trying man. to make her really be like, "Why? I don't even really like this guy that much. Why did I sign up on a team to be with him?" Now, and then eventually they put a shift on me. After like three at bats, I get a dramatic shift, and then I just go the other way, and then it's a double, and it's like, "Oh God, I'm running." Yeah, I can't go the other way. Now the weird thing about this field, the fences. Are, are pretty short, and I guess there's cars beyond the fence. So they don't want people hitting the ball over the fence. It's like tennis baseball where if you hit the ball over the fence, it's an out. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy to me. I've never played anything like that. Like when I found out that rule, I was like, holy shit. And there were two, you know, quote-unquote home runs that were outs in the game on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, quirky quirky rule. I will say I am elite, elite defensively. Do you – I'm that, confident. That doesn't surprise me at all. Does that <laughs> – does um what? That's a compliment. Hey, no, no, no. I was kind of surprised you weren't going to tell me you played like shortstop. No, I always played like I played center field and, and oh, left okay. field when I was in high school and stuff. So I I just like the outfield. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of a diva in that I'm like, oh, I'll play left center, but you're not putting me in right. You know, I'll play le- I'll play you know left center or left because that's where all the balls go to. Did you, you tell them that? Is the, are these things you actually said to these strangers? No, but so what we did is we did the thing, we did the thing where everybody like stands around and like, you're going to play here. You're going to like, who like, who likes to play where? And they were like doing that song and dance and I just jogged out to left center. Oh. And just kind of waited for them to, cause that's where I wanted to go. What I like to do in those situations is let them put me wherever they want to put me. Like I'd love, yeah, put me in right field. 
Like, like I'm the worst. And, um, and then, and then I like to just climb my way to like, I can do whatever I want. Like, I like uh, to step on everyone on the way. Like, guys. who was the best player on your team? Now they're the second best player. And, and you're going to watch it happen. There's a risk though, if you're just standing around, cause I, we, I didn't want to end up on the bench. Like, I didn't want to be the passive guy that doesn't say anything. So I just ran to where I wanted to go and let everything kind of, kind of fall in from there. But what I've noticed about these co-ed softball leagues is the hitting is pretty much the same, I think, on every team. And it's just a matter of who makes the routine plays will win. Yeah. It's pretty similar to the Yankee season. <laughs> you know, like who's not going to run themselves out of an inning? And there's always a big inning. And there's Edward, always an inning where there's three errors and nine runs score. Occasionally, you get someone who's like an elite defender, though, that plays like shortstop. Um, the, you know, the sickest, sickest I saw living in New York. I played in like, I played in a Central Park League, but then I filled in on like a billion Central Park league teams okay like everyone knew like a bunch of my friends knew like people who i knew through all different things like oh i'd fill in for like someone in the pr agency league or you know whatever it may be the mlb.com team had a girl that played shortstop who is the best shortstop i've ever seen play shortstop in a co-ed softball league i'm not saying the best woman i'm saying the best hardest arm she was easily Easily throwing 85 miles an hour to first base. Wow. Yeah. Easy. Is she a D1 softball player? Yeah, had to be. Soon? Had to be. I was like filling, I was filling in on the game on the next field and was like, who the fuck is that? It was wild. Damn. And this is what, like 2015, 2016? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, do you have anyone on your team of these like randos who wears, uh, like the full pants or is it you? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I can't work. Dude, I run too hot to wear pants and softball. Yeah, you know better true, than that. that. True. Question. The one thing I hate that this league has way too many of is people will go up there like actively trying to walk, like taking, taking borderline pitches and the umps have these tight zones and they're letting them walk. I'm like, you have to go up there and make these kids swing. And it then, drives me nuts. And then the girl behind them gets to walk too. Yes. Yes. Dude, I hate that. Yeah. Ruins it, man. Ruins it. Like, we start 1-1. I'd be down to start with two strikes. <laughs> what a fucking hardo. Go up there and swing. No, dude, you're a hardo if you're going up there and not, and not swinging. You're, if you're going up there trying to walk, you are a loser. I hate that. <laughs> Go up there and start two strikes. I love it. Ah. Um, what do you think? I think we go 2-1 and one against the Astros. Um, and I think we go... To I think we sweep the Nationals. I think Ooh. I think we can go. I think we can go five and one over the next week. I'm gonna predict four and two. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how how they're gonna get there because last week you know it was the seven and I was like we'll take three of four and then we'll take two of three and we ended up going kind of a different route with splitting with the Orioles and then sweeping the Tigers. So I don't know how they're gonna do it, but I will say four and two. And I will say one thing about the Nationals series. I want Scherzer because this team needs to learn how to hit elite right-handed pitching. They can't do it. They get shut down in the playoffs every year. I want to face Scherzer. I want to face Strasburg and, and I guess Corbin, but we, I want to face the best pitchers. I'm not going to look at it as a break or a blessing if we miss those guys. I don't know how you feel about that. Do you, uh, you probably don't have softball because it's Mother's Day this Sunday, right? Oh, we got a one o'clock game. 
On Mother's Day? On Mother's Day. Yeah, a bunch of people couldn't make it. They got brunch. <laughs> I love the attitude. So is this Sunday's going to be a tape delay game for you as well? Yeah, it'll be a little easier, though, because, you know, the game's at 1, so I'll be home by 2.30. And with me skipping commercials, I'll probably finish around the same time as you guys or, you know, the, re- the rest of the world. I'm excited to see. I, that's what I'm looking for is you. I have notifications for your tweets, so I'm excited to see when you tweet that you're done watching the Sunday game. I think we all are. You can follow Nick on Twitter. <laughs> At NKirbyNYY. You can follow intern Dan. At Juski99. How do you say your last name again? Gajewski. Gajewski, so not Juski at all. Okay. No. Just double check it. But don't hate him. But not one of them. <laughs> you can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. Uh, Dan's on there most of the time tweeting for us. Uh, doing a great, doing a great job. Got lots of memes. Having a good time. Hey, five and two. Now if we can just go like five and one, we're right on a path. Right back to the World Series so I can see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.